Welcome back to the second segment of episode 140, Sold with Updike Pew. And today, guess what we're going to talk about? Your grandma. Kind of. Kind of. Things grandma never told you about saving money. This is an interesting, and I love this picture. Um, Jeff and I looked at it when we both said, actually, that looks like my dad's family on from Oklahoma. And the, the woman on the right looks like my grandmother from Oklahoma. <laughs> 100%. I was like, oh my gosh, this looks like this could be. And we just thought it was a fun little topic just to kind of talk about ways you can save money, but not just about saving money in general, but more looking at how you can save money in and around your house. Because, like, of course, since we're real estate, we thought we'd take that angle and yeah, go with it. Absolutely. What's the first one you think? You know, one of the things, this is something that I think people think about and then they don't necessarily do, but it really is a, it, it, it's really a good way to save money. And that is to rent one of your rooms out. And this is one of the ones that I think you could stretch it even a little bit further. And it's not just saving money, but it's an active way to make money as well. Yes. So it does offset your living expenses, but it is passive income as well. It is. And um, it is, you know, I think that there, there is, there are ways out there now to vet people that you, you know, people to have people live with you, you Absolutely. Know, referrals from friends, you, you know, the world's growing smaller and smaller. We all becoming more and more connected. And, you know, one of the things like I rent my guest house out. And one of the things that I've always found is that I, I just have to go with my gut mm -hmm. and, you know, I meet people or I talk to them on the phone and you hear how, they, just how they handle conversations and they are, they say, yeah. they, that's right. Believe them when they show you who they are. And so I've had some really great experiences. Like I had my friend Laura that lived with me for nine years. I had my mom that lived with me for th three years. I had my friend Blake that lived with me for nine years. And then I had Corey that lived with me for three years. So, you know, it was, and it's not fair question to ask who is your fee, fav, favorite and who is your least. Let's see. <laughs> Don't answer that. F. Don't answer that. <laughs> the other way to look at it, too, is with the advent of Airbnb, there mm -hmm. are other ways to also create that. So you're talking about somebody signing like a 12-month lease with you. But there's also ways that it could just be for the weekend. Mm -hmm. Or if you're subsidizing yourself going on vacation and you know that your house is one that could be easily rented while you're gone, that might actually help pay for your yeah, vacation as well. Absolutely. I think it's it's I think it's something definitely worth thinking about. And I would say this much, this speaks more to a younger generation because I feel like they're a lot more okay with that. And I think the older we get, the less we're okay with that. Probably true. What's the next one? Number two is research the problem before you pay somebody to fix it. You're great at this. I have learned so much, and this is all pre-YouTube, but I've learned so much about home repairs just by doing, watching, talking to the guy at Home Depot. It, it's, you know, I, I look at things like, okay, I can probably attempt it four times before I spend more money than I would hiring somebody to come out and do it, and then I end up with the knowledge at the end of it. That's not me. I hate doing that stuff. Yeah. But I will say this much, I love the fact that he does, because I'll say, hey, and I'll do some research, and I kind of have an idea, and I'll be like, can you help me out with this? But I will say that if you are like Jeff, then you would be an amazing landlord, because it kind of, I think that Jeff gets a little bit of like sense of accomplishment, and I think that the knowledge gain, that he gains is something that he takes pride in, so I think that it's wonderful, and I think that more people should do it, I should probably do it more, but I just feel like my anxiety gets real high because I feel like I'm going to break it and then I'm going to be in a worse situation than I was when I didn't have it all screwed up in a parts. What's Jason call me? 
Uncle. <laughs> so Jason calls Jeff Uncle. Um, Uncle Jeff. Uncle Jeff. And he wants Uncle Jeff to come over and help him. Which just... means I, he needs help doing something. It's <laughs> the best. Uncle, can you call Uncle Jeff? Well, I'll call him. Okay. Next suggestion. <laughs> Watch your PMI. Uh, and this is your mortgage insurance. And with the acceleration of property values right now, once you're past, what is it, 20% value, mm -hmm. you can get rid of that. And I think that more people are going to be in a situation by the end of this year that that could be realized much sooner than actually paying down the mortgage. So the appreciation is outpacing that. Yes. On conventional loans, there is a, there is a, a built-in uh, timer where the PMI is going to, to fall off of the loan. But as the value of the home goes up, you can also, if you do get to that 80% loan to value threshold. or below that threshold, thank you, then you can uh, talk to your mortgage company about how do you drop that. And you might spend five or $600 on an appraisal because they wanna, uh, they wanna make sure that mm -hmm. it does meet those guidelines. And then, but then, you know, if you're saving $100 a month in, in PMI, it can make a significant difference over four or five years. Absolutely, way past that four, four or five hundred dollars cost for that appraisal. Mm -hmm. So, the next one we want to talk about: resist the urge to file an insurance claim. Yeah, this is kind of a big deal because if you have one that has a really high deductible, it's never going to be worth it. The other thing too is this is going to come back and be something that you're going to disclose on your seller statement when you go to sell the house. Well, and that and. Um, you know, they're in in the background. There are uh, there kind of there's it's called the clue report, and it's basically the, the it's like a credit report that everybody can see in that every insurance, insurance company can see, and they can they can look at people's claim experience, and they can look at the claim experience on properties, and so they you know if you go to sell your home, the buyer goes to get insurance, that insurance agent pulls a clue report. They may call you and say. Why do you have these three water penetration claims over the course of four years? And why didn't you put any of that on your disclosure statement? And why isn't the work done? What'd you do with the money? Yeah, what'd you do with the money? Yeah. And, and it, so it, it kind of backing up the resist the urge to claim, it, it does come back to bite you financially. There are certainly times that you need to do it. Absolutely. absolutely but think about it. It's not, it should not be, oh, I got to file an insurance claim. Shouldn't be an automatic assumption. It should not. And that is one of those times when you kind of should reach out with people with experience and kind of get a, per, uh, a, a outside perspective on what the situation is mm -hmm. and really kind of before that money gets spent or that claim comes in. So the last one we want to talk about is revisit your insurance policy. And I have to say that at first I was like, eh, I don't, I don't know that I subscribe to this because I would never want to skimp on insurance. I've had the experience where the insurance wasn't where it should have been, and it is a nightmare when it's not. But I think when we started flushing this out that it began to make more sense. Mm -hmm. And it's not so much decreasing value amounts, but it's watching for redundancies in coverage. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really interesting because there are times when you don't need to pick up another line policy because it's already covered in the master. So you just kind of have to do a little more research and visit with your insurance agent as well to kind of get that um, specifically addressed. Yeah. And, and your needs change. I that mean, I, I, I think that it makes sense to review that policy every year when it comes up for renewal. I think you talk to your insurance agent, yep. talk to about what the coverages are. You know, if you haven't, if you haven't talked, you know, maybe it's every two or three years, you decide to go back out and rebid it to everyone. Um, but 
And one of the things that I would say in if when you do go rebid with other people, this is just a, a policy that mm -hmm. I have is or an approach I take is you can send them the the declaration page, but just make sure that the policy charges are blocked out because yep. I want everybody bidding from what the cost of their policy is, not just trying to beat the current policy that I have. 100%. And the other thing, too, is that a lot of times people are under the assumption that some of these large brands are always really giving you the best deal. Um, and maybe at one point they did. Um, but things change. Mm -hmm. And I think you were surprised that you went from a very strong, well-known local one um, carrier. And then we had Lizzie who helped mm -hmm. us out. And Lizzie was in Houston. And Lizzie gave you a, a, a bid. And I think it was $700 below. $700 a, a year less. Year. Yeah. yeah. So again, it was at first I was kind of like, I don't know about this mm -hmm. topic, but it was good. Yeah, good. Well, we hope you found interest in that. We really appreciate you spending your lunchtime with us. Come back and join us Wednesdays. We're here every Wednesday, Facebook Live, YouTube Live at noon. And remember, we want to be your realtors for life.